Welcome to 10,000 More, the podcast that explores the topics of grief, mental health, love, and everything that intertwines that all together. I'm Ruby Falk, and whatever it is that brought you to me, I'm very grateful for it. Hey everyone, welcome back. Um, with me today, I have Amy. Uh, Amy in 2011, in early 2011, lost her twin sister. Um, and since then, she's just kind of devoted her life to figuring it all out and turning her experience into, um, I guess, into a learning experience. And yeah, and so I'm, I'm so excited to have Amy with us today. So Amy... Thank you for joining me. Yes, thank you so much for having having me. I'm glad to be here. So I'm going to just turn it over to you and, and let you share your story with us. Yeah, so um, in January 2011, my twin and I had, we had recently turned 20. So we turned 20 in the November of 2010. And in January 2011, um we were hanging out with a group of friends, um, at Florida state university and, um, someone was messing around with a gun. Um, and my sister went to use the restroom and was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, and she was accidentally shot. Um, I came into the room within probably less than a minute. Um, and I was unable to revive her. Um, so yeah, um, it was the absolute like shock of a lifetime. Um, I had, I have never, um, I've never lost anyone really. I mean, I've known, you know, at, at that age, I, I had known people who had passed away, but no one who was really close to me at that time. Mm-hmm. I had had all four of my grandparents still living. Um, they've since passed, but you know, I hadn't ever really lost anyone. Mm-hmm. And like, if I were to tell you, if I were to lose anyone that would have been the absolute you know we don't want to lose anyone but that would have been the absolute last person I would have ever chosen to lose um yeah so I just I really had I had no I had no clue um what I was going into I had no clue um and interestingly enough you know no one around me had any clue either so you know here I am 20 trying to navigate something that I don't know anything about I don't not that people know about it but um you know just yeah I no, never I, really I get it I get what you're yeah. saying like yeah but you know the biggest thing that I had gone through at that point my mom had um gone through breast cancer when I was in 10th grade 9th and 10th grade and she thank god you know survived but you know that was that was a hardship for sure um yeah, of course but this this was yeah nothing that you could have ever you can't prepare anyone for it but yeah. um I think at that age too you know having no one around you that knew anything you know remotely idea what to say or what to do um 
made it that much harder. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, the first year was, you know, insane. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, all about, it was interesting because I guess looking back, I really had to learn how to live my life by myself. Um, I had to, you know, what other people might think as simple tasks were big for me. Like I had never really, you know, slept in a room maybe a handful of times without her. Um, we were pretty much always together. I, we talked pretty much all the time whenever we weren't together. Um, whether it was like through text or calls or whatever, you know, even walking across campus, we were on the phone if we weren't together. Um, so I was really figuring out how to be an individual and to be by myself. Um, mm-hmm. cause for 20 years I had never, I, I had no identity, but being a twin, um, and being, and never being by myself. So it was like small victories for me, you know? Um, yeah moving out of my parents' bedroom into, uh, to the couch from the couch to, you know, um, upstairs where my old childhood room was. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I moved back with my parents. Um, and then what really helped me, I guess, in that first year was I went, I started to work at a local grocery store, uh, chain and, um, that I, I kind of worked, I was probably working too much, you know, but, And then I went back into school in the fall and full time. Uh, and I, you know, some people might argue that you, that may not be the right way, but, you know, as far as denial, you know, throwing yourself in, making yourself so busy, but, you know, I disagree because I think that's, I am where I am today because of the, the ways that I chose to cope. And I, you know, I, I did, I, I went all in, I went all in with work, I went all in with school, and it occupied my mind, and I don't, I don't know where I would be if I hadn't had done that, um, mm. yeah, so I, um, I just think that, and, you know, I'll get into this later, but I, I, I'm huge on, you know, people doing, you know, what they need, and not listening to, textbooks or models or you know different things you know there again like I said some people might argue that you're denying and you're not heading the problem you know face on but you know as long as you're doing not doing anything unhealthy uh you know ways of coping then I think that it's okay to you know dedicate yourself and go full in on something that might help occupy yourself during such a you know traumatic time right yeah I'm, I'm curious to know, were people critical of how you, like, were, were people saying stuff to you about how you were moving forward with your life? Like, um, you know, I think it's hard to remember all the things that some people have said to me, but yes, I think that some people were, um, people had made comments, you know, wondering if I was, you know, yeah, not facing the problem. And Again, people didn't uh, didn't know, didn't see me twenty four seven. You know, they saw me sure. studying or they saw me at work, but they didn't see me at night. They didn't see me, you know, struggling mm-hmm. at, at during other times. Right, um, right, right. And you know, I was going, I was doing every, I was, I was in therapy. You know, I was still doing what I needed to do for myself. But I, I think people, and maybe it wasn't just to me. I think that, I think 
you know, I was talking the other day with some people about denial and I think there is a, there is a little bit of not, I'm trying to think of the right word, but basically, you know, with that stage, people do professionals and stuff talk about, you know, don't deny it. And you're going to be, you know, worse off, or you're going to be, you know, in a worse place. And I, I've been very open about that. I was in denial for a very long time. Oh, um, me too. Me yeah. too. Yeah. And I think that's how, and I know that's the denial stages. That's our body's way of surviving or brain's way of surviving. And I, and that's why I, and I was in it for so long because I had to be like, I don't think I could have survived if I hadn't been. And and then interestingly enough, again, Mm. I think I said the other day, I don't know. I don't know, you know, the stages everyone goes back. You know, I don't think I will ever not deny the loss I think I've accepted like the reality and not denied my reality but I don't know if I've ever if I'll ever stop denying the actual physical loss because I think people feel like you're letting go of that person oh, um Mike you are like speaking to my soul right now like yeah it's, it's so true it's so true because in the five stages of grief the last stage is acceptance and it's like yeah like Obviously, I have accepted right. my dad is not here. Like he is dead. Right. Yes, I, right. I I get that. I'm an adult. Like we're I, I'm on I'm on I'm on board. But right. like, I I don't I don't know how you can move forward. Like it's so hard to not deny and or just think to yourself like, how the hell did that happen? Right. Like how? Right. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. I I, I struggle with on, that you know, so the- much. Well, and so, and the other thing too, I think is like, so, you know, people don't, a lot of grief advocates are talking about, you know, the stages and how it's not really stages because you go back to them. Oh, and stuff. yeah. So, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Y- yes. And so what I was thinking the other day, I'm like how, you know, I think for me that special events um, mm. have always bring me back to that denial stage. So, yes. you know, like your wedding, your kids, you know, these big events, they do bring me back to that. And I think, and again, I think that's okay. If you know, you, you don't want to ever fully accept, you know, again, you, we've accepted that, you know, you no longer have a father. I no longer have my twin here on earth, but you know, as far as letting go of that person, if you, if you don't want to, if you never stop denying the loss, I don't see, you know, I think that's okay. Again, it's really like, how are we, gonna survive this yeah yeah oh yeah I think that's I have such a hard time articulating that to people that like it's it's just it's that idea it's that idea of survival I think you like nailed it yeah and I don't think again it's like you know you think that if we haven't accepted it then we we're never gonna heal but I don't I mean, are we ever going to heal? Like, no, fully, oh, no, you know, no healed is meaning that it's, we're, we're going to grieve forever. Right. So right. how can we be healed? Right. You know, how can we accept fully? Um, again, like, and again, I think it's like a stigma where you think that therefore then the person isn't going to be mentally stable and isn't fully, you know, there, but I, I, I would disagree with that. Um, totally. Yeah. 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 That's a really good point that I, I, I think so often we, well, there's, I have like so much to say about that, oh, no, no, <laughs> that, I, know, I, know. that I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, 
what you mentioned that like people don't know what to say. They do, and, right. and why? What, like, how can someone fathom experiencing something as traumatic right. as losing anyone, let alone their twin? Like, and 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 I I get that. I empathize with that. But at the same time, it's so. This is now like such a. Pre- I'm going to speak for you, and please correct me. No, yeah, this is such yeah. a prevalent part of like your story and who you are. That like for for them to think that like you've accepted it and are like now moving forward with life is just silly like right and I think that can make you know grievers feel worse and and lonelier totally yes yes I had written the other day like how happy events don't erase grief and you know Mm. I think that people especially within my for personally within the first few years you know I did get married and yeah I got graduated these happy things and people think oh so she's happy now like everything's fine you know and Mm -hmm. I I did have these you know wonderful happy moments that I am so incredibly thankful for Uh, you know I don't know where I would be without them but at the same time those can be those can make you feel (laughs) harder or worse you know than anything so I just think you know, again, it's, you know, what you're doing and just trying to educate people on how we actually feel. And I would have never known, you know, if I hadn't had lost my sister either, you know, I, I didn't know either, but now, you know, there are these platforms and these different sources that we can educate everyone else around us. So Mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, therefore making us have it, a little bit easier yeah yeah it was there was there a point where you felt comfortable or you felt like ready to start educating people on this experience? Did you? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say like, did you feel that way right away? Did it take some time? Like where, where were you with that? Okay. Absolutely not. I did not feel like that right away. Um, you know, I really, it took me a long time to, I'm going on almost 10 years. So it took me a very long time. And I was very focused, like I said earlier, in really trying to make, I was adamant about not letting this take me as well. And I was Mm. so, so zoned in on getting my degree and, you know, not, not having it take me to. So I had a lot going on within the first, you know, five plus years. Um, and then I had my first child, uh, and that brought up, you know, a lot of different things, yeah. uh, you know, bittersweet, everything is, yeah. uh, but yeah. so this past January, I have thought about, I've always wanted to, you know, help people and talk about it and write to people. And I just think, you know, I just have this unique experience that I just, I feel like it would be a waste if I didn't try to help people with it. So, Mm. and you know, you never, who, when, you know, there's never a good time to start. Uh, So I was sitting at my kitchen table this past January, January 9th, 
on um, the nine year anniversary and I'd put my kids to bed and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to make an Instagram. I'm going to post something and I'm going to start this blog experience that I feel like might help people. Mm. Um, so I just started it, you know, no, again, like it can, we, you know, we can always, <laughs> we can't start perfect. Um, but yes. Yeah, so to answer your question on that ninth anniversary, I just had this feeling like I'm ready now. Um, and yeah. I, I know I told you this, but before, but I just don't believe that, you know, you can help people unless you've helped yourself. And yeah, I, for sure. yeah. yeah, you know, although I may have had tips and things like this in the years ahead or before, I, I don't think mentally I was able to give them and I was stable enough to be able to mm. help others. Um, so again, I, I think that I have now I'm, at a place where I can pursue, you know, my desire to try to help the stigma and to normalize it and just to help obviously grievers, but also the people around the grievers, because like I said earlier, you know, I, that was just, there was just nothing available at the time of my loss. Yeah. It's interesting. You're the way you frame it is so, is like, you're coming at it from this like helping stance of like, I want to like help. I mean, this is the circumstances that I am in. Like, obviously I don't want to be here, but right. I, but I'm here and I want to help people either understand what this loss is like and, or help people who have lost a twin or who have lost someone else very dear to them. And where I was coming from was less about – because I kind of jumped into it. And I think you and I spoke about this when we were chatting right. earlier was like I needed people to understand what this experience was actually like because I was really sick of people yes. with like their their – I was calling them like their Hallmark card greetings about grief that they were like, every day gets better. You'll never forget them. He'll always be with you. I was just like, okay, this is such a waste of my time and yours because you're not helping me. But like I am – you like – people just don't understand. People just don't understand. And so I was was blogging, but I started blogging like a month or so after because I wanted them – to see which like, I think is great you know I think that oh, totally, again, yeah it was yeah. different it was just different right right but you're you were coming at it from the perspective of like I'm gonna like help these people which is amazing and I was coming at it from like well the you need to know. get this like, <laughs> yeah, that's still helping people I think it's great you know because yeah. you are you're educating those around you which is in turn helping people and yeah. I you know again that's the thing and I think for me, I think I was, you know, I was, I was extremely traumatized. I did not yeah. even open, I didn't open my computer until I think it was March. I hadn't logged on to Facebook, you know, nothing. So I was yeah. like in, uh, you know, I, and I've always kind of been that way. One of the first things I wrote about was that I'm a non-share. Mm. Um, so I, I've never been one and maybe it is the trauma aspect of it. Um, but I never, really have ever spoken about my unique loss or like any of my actual like deep hard feelings Mm. before now um so interesting yeah yeah so and you know I've always wanted to I just 
I don't know. I just hadn't. And I just had, I think once you, I was like ripping a bandaid off. I just needed to start yeah. it. And once I did, you know, it's, it's flowed very naturally and it, you know, it's, it's always, it's been in my head. I just needed to get it out, you know, yeah. like you needed to get it out. Yeah. But I do see a lot of people, you know, like you said, who are, you know, on Instagram or podcasts that have recently lost someone. And I don't want to discredit that at all because just because I'm going on 10 years doesn't mean that, you know, I'm some experienced grief advocate that, you know, that's not true at all. And I don't, you know, I think that the people that can go on there and start right away is that's an amazing way of coping. And I personally couldn't do it, but I think that if you can, and the people who are doing that are helping those who have recently lost somebody, you know, I just think, Whatever way, again, again, it goes back to the there's no direct path. You know, it's whatever is working for you. Totally, totally. It's such a it's such a a personal experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I do. Do you feel like the sharing, like the I want to call it like a you were like called to share this experience. Yeah. Like, do you feel like that helped you through the trauma? Yeah, you know, I, like I said, from the beginning of this, I mean, the morning of, you know, I'm thinking, how am I going to, what am I going to do with this? Like, I cannot, I can't, I can't do nothing with this, you know, this, um, so, so I, I do feel like, and it may sound weird to people, but this, you know, talking about grief and working, grief work is something that I, it's my passion. It's what yeah. I'm good at. It's what I know. Um, you know, I just think that I, yeah, in a sense, I guess I was you know, called to do it. Um, you know, we have, we just have whatever our life gives us, you know, how, what are we going to do with it? You know, are we going to let it define us? Are we going to, you know, define it? And I, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to speak my truth and I'm going to speak my experience with it. Um, and not let, you know, news, you know, cause m- mine did go, you know, on the news and, yeah. you know, oh, it was wow. a, yeah. yeah, it was a, it was a public thing, you know, so mm. now I'm, I'm speaking my truth and I'm not letting it run my life. Um, I'm mm. going to do something positive with it. As weird as that might sound. <laughs> no, no, it, I mean, it doesn't, I don't, I don't think it sounds weird at all. I, I, well, I guess you know, I should I, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I should preface. I feel like I say this in every episode and I don't pay myself in like the best light, but I should say that like, I am not the most positive person. So oh, that when gosh. I, well, then when I hear people like you say stuff like that, I'm like so inspired and I'm just like, oh my God, like, yeah, yeah, you have to, like, this is how you move on and this is how like you yeah. continue. And so, but that's just, that's never my go-to, <laughs> which well, like I should, I should change. No, no. Well, so no. So what I, so another thing I've been learning lately is like talking to other people and hearing their stories has been, is so helpful to me is because I'm not the only one who's experienced trauma. I'm not the only one who's had significant loss. You know, there are so many people around us walking around us that you see day in and day out and you have no clue what they're going through. And it's just, you know, talking to people and hearing their stories, it's just, it's, it's, you know, mind blowing how Mm -hmm. people can continue and move forward and lead a productive life. So I just think, 
again, you know, sharing those stories and like you're doing is can help people so much by knowing, you know, other people go through horrific things and, you know, you aren't alone as lonely as it feels, you know, other people can at least relate. I want to circle back to something that you mentioned like at the very beginning of you sharing your story which was about um, that loss of identity because that was something I struggled and continue to struggle with so much the idea that like moving forward now everyone I meet after August 11th 2015 is going Mm to only know me as like a fatherless person and like I that still sometimes just gets me right in the gut and I and I I know that as like a twin that is such a like having a twin is like having that built-in soulmate that built-in yeah so can you just yeah no I just yeah so I um obviously like that was my soul identity you know we were oh the twin you know oh the twins you know which is very that was that was my identity um so I think you know and when you said that about the dad I'm I was I don't know why I just had circled and was thinking about grief in a different aspect too of when you know empty nesters um Mm. like how you know and you're a mother I'm a mother so as when kids leave the home you know parents really struggle with especially mothers like or whoever's been at home whatever parent uh the identity loss because you know of course they're still a parent yeah of course you know you're still a parent but you know that that role has changed so drastically so anyways you know I know that was offset but no no it's um you know I just view myself with um you know, obviously I can never get that identity back, but I guess how I view it in, you know, I don't know if this is really answering a question, but it's kind of like two separate lives. Um, Mm. before I was that 2011 January, you know, I was a twin for those 20 years and that was my life and that's who I was. And I closed, you know, I closed that book and I opened a new one and this is who I am. Um, And, you know, it doesn't, I create, I'm creating my own new identity and, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't, it does include her. It does, you know, it absolutely does. Of course it does. Yeah. By the work, you know, you know, you're doing your, your, you know, you're including your father. I think, unfortunately, you know, I can never go back to that identity, obviously. Right. So I have to create a new one. Um, and I feel like that's what I'm doing through, through this work. And, you know, I, another, I don't know, another thing I, like I said, I did close that. And for me, I did things that helped me, you know, I went and I left a school that we were both at together. I made a lot of new friends that I really didn't know, you know, had no connections with at all before. Um, mm. a- so, after you lost. E- yeah. Is that what you're, so, okay. Yeah. So, cause I, for me, it was real. I mean, it was, it was, how do you 
go back to living the same life without this, you know, this, your identity, you know, how, so, and I think some people find that comforting. And for me, it was, I didn't, it was, it was too, it was too hard. So I really worked really, I went all in again, you know, with schoolwork Mm. on creating that new identity, you know, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to do? How am I going to be this person? Mm. And, you know, without being a twin, of course, I'm always, you know, with, you know, always have a twin, but yeah, really being Amy and not, you know, the twin. Yeah. I don't, that didn't answer it, but you know, to be honest, I don't really know what my question was. So no, (laughs) I think, I mean, I think that's what, you know, everyone struggles with and going back to like that empty nester thing, you know, it's, it's finding out what is, what, what you, what are some things that you enjoy as an individual Mm. and, and not necessarily focusing on that relationship, you know, as much as you want to, you know, it's, it's not there anymore. So it's, you know, what can I, what can I focus on that I enjoy doing that, you know, will help create a different part of my identity, you know, you, you can close that part of your identity, but maybe open up new ones. You know, it's, is it talking to people like you're doing? Is it volunteering? What other parts of my identity that I haven't explored that I'm, that might be part of it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it's, I I was going to use that word. It's like that unexplored territory that like those untapped, Right. Places within you that like now you have to kind of use because you never had to use it. And it's, it's just taken me like a very, a very long time to, I guess, be okay with that identity. Yeah. Like that there were, I talk a lot about, and I, I don't know if I talk a lot or I think a lot about this, um, the sense of innocence that I had. Mm-hmm. I wasn't naive. Oh, yeah. I've always been like a realist. Like I said, I'm mm-hmm. not like the most positive. But like I've always been a, a, a realist. And so I never considered myself naive. But as you mentioned at the beginning, like when you run through the list of all the people you could right. lose, it's like never the person that dies. Right. You know, right. like it's just – and so like wading through that on top of – well, I liked these aspects of myself and now I now like they're kind of gone and I have to find new traits about myself and new things about myself that I have. Like it's just so – it's so hard to uh, – yeah, I don't know. Now I'm not it answering is. my own question. It, no, <laughs> no, it is. And you talk about like the innocent and um, just being naive. And I mean, yeah. I was too. And you know what? I don't think I, I I won't I wouldn't fault myself or you for that because well, who could even like go right. there? Like you can't right. even go there. And, and you know, I think maybe that's you know, I am in a sense. I guess I would be jealous of. I am jealous of people who you know. Are, are innocent and naive Mm -hmm. um because but I'm also happy for them and I you know also the the sad reality of it is that most of us are going to deal with grief in some form throughout our lives um obviously we're all going to deal with grief but I mean like maybe sudden or right you know traumatic you know or unexpected uh 
and I'm even talking about grief as far as, you know, losing your health, um, you know, some going through, you know, some health scares or whatever it is. Totally. So yeah, I, I think again, you know, most, there are a lot of people who are innocent and naive and it's really trying to reel those people in maybe a little bit, um, or be just being available for them when yeah. they do have to deal with something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, like everyone is going to experience grief or loss. It, it Like it's, it's the most it's like the only guarantee in life is that like we all die. Right. And yet the coping is just, is so foreign when it happens, which Mm -hmm. is just, which is so fascinating to me that like, this is something that literally unites humankind. Right. And yet when it happens, we're just like, wait, what, what do I do? I don't understand. And I, I I understand, like, grief is not one size fits all, right? Like, obviously, some people throw themselves right back into work. Some people go off the grid and, like, travel for you. Like, which is all fine. Like, it's just everything is – there's the car. Sorry. It's okay. Amy is uh, escaping her her young children, so she has to do this (laughs) recording in the car, which, girl, I get. I get. Oh, gosh. Okay, continue. It's life. It's fine. It's fine. I just, um, yeah. Well, I I don't know if you you dealt with this, too. I know. Well, you did because we kind of talked about it a little bit. But the uh, friendships, I feel like I've talked. I feel like a lot of people have, you know, when I talked about that, it seems like it really resonated with a lot of people as far as, like, Mm. friendships shifting you know obviously we could talk about family dynamics shifting all day long you know we get that but you know friendships shifting and those dynamics shifting um you know that that's a big part of it too and I think people feel guilt towards that and Mm. you know like they're doing something wrong the griever you know but you know friendships are going to change um yeah and how I view it too, especially if you, after you've lost somebody, you know, you have different friends throughout life that come and go and that not necessarily you have, you've slammed the door in their face, but you know, when you become a mom you or a father or a parent or whatever, you know, you, at least for me, you know, I tend to associate myself with other parents cause they can relate to what I'm you know, going sure. through and, you know, the, the late nights, you know, versus a single friend who asked me to go to dinner at eight o'clock, you know, that's not <laughs> right. going to work. Right. So, you know, throughout our lives, we, 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 you know, people come and go and it just, it's those times in our lives. So I think that, you know, another big misconception is, uh, well, you know, these are my friends, uh, you know, how could I, and again, it's not slamming the door in people's faces, but it's really, focusing on what you need at the time and yes if you if you need to close a door then that's okay and if you know I would like to hope that that person if they don't get it today they'll get it in the future um and you know I had to cut ties with a lot of people because it was just it really was making me Mm. feel so much worse um and I I think the biggest thing like if I were to tell people what to do is just do do what you want to do um I think for a long time I felt like I needed to please others and to I was so worried about those around me if I were to hurt their feelings or you know 
whatever it is. And yeah, I have like, for as far as like a friend and a griever, you know, I, I just don't, don't take anything personally. I, um, I think that is huge. I, especially being 20, I mean, people thought everything I did, I wouldn't answer texts. I wouldn't answer calls and, you know, yeah. what did I do? What it, you know, that's just not, you don't need that extra layer right now. And, oh, yeah. you know, you right now it's a one way street and a friendship, you know, yeah. and one day you can have, you know, it, it uh, each way, but, you know, especially in the beginning, I just think people really need to not worry about yeah. others. Yeah. And I know it's easier said than done, but it takes a while to get there. For yeah. me, at least it did. I remember. Oh yeah. Friends, you know, talking to me about things that were, they, they weren't, they weren't trivial to them, and I don't think they would have been trivial to me had I not just lost my dad. But then right. I'm trying, I'm trying to like be a good friend and listen to them talk about these oh, things, gosh, that, and I'm I just know. like, oh my god, I like can't, I can't I care. Know. But I, I felt so. I mean, these were like my best friends who right. I was just like, I don't care about anything you're saying right now, right? Which is and just. I wanna- yeah. So I want to clarify too, I guess with that, like if there's somebody listening right now, like, you know, is a friend, you know, I'm not saying these people are evil. Oh, of course not. You know? No. Like what? Yeah. It's, it's, it's only to, you know, it's just, it's this, it's our society. So what right. we're talking about here is that it, we don't know what to say and, yeah. we, and it's no one's fault, but no one has been educated. No one, no. and people don't know until that person, but as this, you know, society tells us different things about grief. So yeah. what we're really talking about is, you know, trying to change it to where people understand that, you know, these cliche things aren't good to say and I I do think I do think that has changed over the last few years I feel like there's more awareness about at least those I hope there is what I feel like there is about you know they're in a better place now you know these key things that people have said in the past for so many years I feel like there's awareness I hope that those are not right to say um but maybe it's now focusing on what do I say yeah and sometimes, like, there's just there's nothing there to is, say. Like, and right. and and I think the idea of I think something that I have noticed both with friends and with my husband is 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 the profound sadness and like heaviness of what I and you are experiencing is so unfathomable to people that like they yeah. just can't find the words and I get that like I totally get that even to people who I'm talking to on this podcast who have okay this is like for a separate episode but like for people who have lost people and and I consider like their loss to be more traumatic than mine you know right. and then and so like I don't even know what to say to them and I have lost someone traumatically right. so it's just like I I empathize with I totally get that um, you, yeah, no. you know, and I think, I think that one of the biggest things that people can do is, is just show like, you know, again, actions speak louder than words. Exactly. So it's, it's, is it dropping off a meal and leaving it on the doorstep and leaving and not expecting, you don't have right. to say the right, right thing. Right, right, you know, right. you don't have to write the right words. You say, there's a meal on your porch. Yeah. Love you. You yeah, know, 100%. you 
you show up, you, you, you show up and you don't have to say the right words because yeah. you won't say the right words. No. So, no. you know, it, you make yourself, you make yourself available and you do, you do the things that are asked of you. And, you know, and if that's, I don't want to talk to you right now, then that's what you do. And it's a friend that might hurt you. But again, you're helping that person. You're helping that person by, you know, if they're not answering you, that's yeah. what they need. So it's okay. It's about them. You know, it's, exactly. it's, we don't have to always be talking, you know, we don't have to, it's just, it's, yeah, it's like showing up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Amy, I want to know a little more about you. T- you've talked about like the positivity side of things um, and your blogging and how it kind of took a while for you to get there. So can you tell us a little bit about your blog and, and your, your side, your side projects? Yes. Yeah. So that's, def- that's how I met you. So I'm glad <laughs> to meet you there. Yes. Um, I so when I started it on that anniversary, I was, you know, trying to come up with a name and I kept thinking, you know, what's something bittersweet, bittersweet, trying to think of these, you know, funny different names about like chocolate and these, you know, sour thing and then sour, you know, anyways. So I, then I kept just thinking, you know, when life gives you lemons and I, you know, and I just thought make lemonade instead. So yeah. I created um this little website and my instagram that's lemonade instead um Mm -hmm. because like i said like in the beginning i just was so adamant about turning using this to turn it into some sort of positive way which i deemed is helping other people through their pain with my pain, um, you know, as crazy as that sounds, you know, that is to me a big positive is, you know, being there for someone with my experience of my dark days through their dark days. Mm So I just wanted to kind of create a space like you have where, you know, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a place where I could go, where I could, you know, hear from other people and that I resonated with and, kind of feel a little comfort and hope as far as my grief goes um the other thing too and I know I had mentioned it to you I don't know if you felt similar but when I I I tried a couple grief groups and just different things and oh yeah I remember we talked about this Yeah. yeah yeah they were all first of all like I was completely out of out of the particular population I guess is how you say it I don't know I was definitely the youngest definitely Mm, a very different relationship which is fine you know but again it's talking to people who you may resonate more with so maybe another person who is younger who you know and and it goes both ways um so and and most of those places that I went um were very depressing um and I was adamant again that I was 
I wanted to be happy. I wanted to, I was 20 and I refused to believe that I was never going to be happy again. Mm. Um, so really what I've like tried to create is just this, you know, place where you can have your pain and you can have your happiness too. Um, I believe that, you know, we can all walk day in and day out with a significant amount of loss and pain, but I also believe that we can hold a significant amount of happiness and love. Um, Mm. You know, I do that with my family every day, my kids, um, but I always hold my grief. You know, I always will be, have moments of sadness and that loss and the triggers. Um, But again, it's, it's, it's allowing people to have that pain, but also to celebrate their joys. Um, as well. Yeah. Like I think of, as you were just mentioning that, I just keep thinking of the word coexistence, that these things will like forever coexist within you and, and that that's okay that they coexist. Like joy and immense pain can coexist. Absolutely. And again, it's talking about like these big, these big events that are so happy, but again, a misconception is that, okay, well, everything's okay. You know, it's, it's now acknowledging that you're still, you know, you have that pain alongside of this wonderful, super amazing, you know, wonderful event, life event. Um, you're always going to have that grief at the same time. And I always, I don't know why from the beginning I have said that grief was like a hamster wheel in the back of my head and the (laughs) hamster never gets off and it just keeps going, you know, and that's how it is. Oh, it's always in the back of my head. It never stops. But I can tell you at the same time, you know, I, I have found a way where I can also have that happiness. Um, and I think it gives, you know, I hope it, people can find hope and, you know, comfort. And again, also just normalizing grief and trying to educate people on what might help because there was absolutely no platforms like this. You know, Instagram wasn't a thing. Uh, right. Right. Facebook was just really kind of getting big. Uh, and there just wasn't anything available to me like this. Uh, I don't know if I would have utilized it, but, you know, just knowing it was, might've been available, might've helped. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just want to have a space where something that I didn't, where I can give people, uh, to hopefully help them. Yeah. Well, you are, you are helping a lot of people. Oh, thank Me you. included. So are you. Yes, <laughs> you as well. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, okay. It's lemonadeinstead.com, right? It is. And yes. then Instagram, Lemonade Instead. And you post yep. such awesome stuff. And, and oh, thanks. yeah, I, I, I love it. Um, thank you. Thank you. I'm trying. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Amy, for, for being open and, and sharing your story with me and with everyone. Um, I'm so appreciative of the, of the time we got to spend together. Likewise, likewise. I appreciate it. And I know by, you know, with you sharing stories, it is so helpful. It's helpful to me to hear people. So I'm thankful and appreciative to share my story. Yeah.